A Boston Globe article today offers new details about the carjacking that helped police find the two Boston bombing suspects. The story of that night unfolds like a Tarantino movie. That's how Globe reporter Eric Moskowitz put it with his article, which is based on an interview with the carjacking victim, who is identified only as Danny. Danny is a Chinese man who doesn't want his Chinese name used because he's trying to lay low. But his account vividly describes the 90 minutes between the carjacking and his dramatic escape, just minutes before that shootout in Watertown. Seth Manukin was one of the first reporters on the scene in Cambridge and Watertown last Thursday evening. He also co-directs the MIT graduate program in science writing. What struck Manukin about Danny's account was how he interacted with his captors. Danny was able to very quickly identify what mode of communication might be most effective for communicating with the Sarnoff brothers. As someone who also was not from the United States, he downplayed his wealth, both in terms of what the payments were for his car and what model car it was, to try and find some common ground with two people who, in all probability, wanted to kill him. How is someone with uh, such a different experience able to tap into that language? Is it just survival instinct at that point? Well, this whole idea of code switching, of using different modes of communication depending on the situation is one that has gotten a fair amount of attention recently. And I think this is a really interesting example of that. Explain what you mean by code switching. An example of code switching might be when high school students talk one way with their peers and another way when they're applying for college or applying for jobs or in college. That's academics. I mean, we're talking about a a, a huge group, immigrants with, with vastly different experiences. I mean, how do you know what code to switch into? What it sounds like with Danny is that what he was able to do is pick up on clearly these were two people who were not positively inclined towards the United States and towards America. And so he picked up on that right away. He also very quickly picked up on the fact that his wealth and status that he'd been able to achieve in the United States through working at at a startup were not the qualities that these brothers were going to likely admire Mm -hmm. and would, even more than that, probably cause him to be more suspect in their eyes. He does appear to have established enough of a rapport with the brothers that they were talking about things like music and iPhones. So certainly it did seem to be successful forming some kind of bond there. Seth, you're a professor at MIT. As I said, the campus was on lockdown Thursday evening and all day Friday. Uh, MIT officer Sean Collier was killed. Uh, Today, a week after events there, what's the atmosphere on campus? It's still a little bit raw. And I think for some students, it's going to be for some time to come. A couple of days ago, Vice President Joe Biden came to a memorial service for Sean Collier. His speech included some words about the suspected bombers. uh, And you tweeted afterwards that my MIT students were offended by Biden's speech, the line in particular referring to the Sarnayev brothers as knockoff jihadis. Can you explain what your students have been saying? Any university is going to be a place where there are a lot of different cultures, people from a lot of different countries. And one of the unfortunate effects of that was kind of obscuring the fact that there are Muslims who 
view jihad as what it is literally defined as, and, and that is finding a way to be closer to God, not as some part of a terrorist movement. And to be fair to Biden, he did go out of his way to stress that we are all Hindus and we are all Muslims. But even with saying that, the sort of dismissive and derogatory phrase, knock off jihadis, really made some people uncomfortable. Seth Mnookin co-directs the MIT graduate program in science writing. He's been writing about the events following the Boston bombing for The New Yorker. Seth, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Marco.